We welcome all who join us here in the pews and those who join us by way of live stream in spiritual communion with us on this fourth Sunday of Easter. We continue to rejoice in the resurrection of the Lord from the grave. 50 days of Christian celebration. I want to reflect today on listening. Not just hearing, but listening. To get very quiet and to attend to the voice of the Lord. Because sometimes I don't think we listen. We might hear, but we don't truly listen. Years ago, I was asked to do a wedding for a couple in another parish far away, just to protect the innocent. And Kathleen was very anxious about the music for her wedding. So about a month before the wedding, she came to see me and she said, Father Watkins, I'd like to discuss my wedding music. I said, wonderful, Kathleen. What do you have in mind? She said, well, I have a particular piece that I want. And I really want it because it's very special to me on my wedding day. And I want it at the recessional as my husband and I walked down the aisle at the end of the mass. I said, fine, what do you have in mind? She said, well, it comes from The Sound of Music. And it's that wonderful song, Climb Every Mountain. And I said, oh, wow, no. No, Kathleen, I don't think so. That's uh, really inappropriate. No, no, Father, I will have it. I said, no, I don't think so. Let's, let's talk about this. No. No, I will have it, she said. I said, no, you won't. Yes, I will. No, you won't. Back and forth. About a week or two later, I get a call from the chancery here in the archdiocese, and the good Monsignor said, Father, we have a little problem going on, don't we? I said, what are you referring to? He said, um, Miss Kathleen, we got a call from her mother, the mother of the bride-to-be, and she's very upset that you're not going to allow her daughter to have a particular piece of music that she really likes. I said, come on, Monsignor, really? Climb every mountain from the sound of music. Can you imagine? We've got 2,000 years of great treasury of Catholic music, and she wants climb every mountain? Give me a break. He said, well, you should know the family is a major contributor to the annual appeal of the Archdiocese of Washington. I said, oh, I get it. This is political, right? He said, well, I wouldn't put it that way. But I'm asking you not to compromise, but to accommodate. Classic bureaucracy, right? I said, okay, thanks. A week before the wedding, Kathleen comes to see me, big smile on her face. Well, I guess I got my way. I said, oh, you sure did. And I'm delighted. She said, what? You're smiling. I said, yeah. I'm smiling. I've been asked to accommodate Kathleen. I'm delighted. She said, I don't understand. 
you don't want that music. I said, no, I want it so bad, Kathleen. And I know you want it so bad. And I get to sing it. She said, you wouldn't do that, would you? I said, oh, climb every mound. Can you see it? She said, I won't have it. No, I, oh, you don't want it now. Good, because I never wanted it either. What's my point? Kathleen did not want a discussion or a conversation with me about the music. She had it made up in her mind. This was her opinion. It was the absolute fact, the truth. And no one's going to tell me I can't have my music the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it. Attitude. Pride, perhaps. I don't want to judge her. Who's to judge, right? Maybe I was at fault, too. Maybe it was my pride. Maybe I wasn't willing to listen to her. It could have gone differently. But we were both, both very stubborn, I suppose. And this is what we call uncivil discourse. You've heard of civil discourse. But when two people begin the conversation and one is talking and the other has no desire to even listen, let alone hear, but to listen attentively to the other person. That's called uncivil discourse. Oh, there's discourse, but it's uncivil. It's uncharitable. And we are accustomed to that kind of discourse in our culture in these days, right? How many of you have had that experience of being written off completely by someone who said, no, you're not of my opinion, my persuasion, or my political party, and I will not even talk to you. You're wrong. How can you see it that way? This is the way it must be. This is the way it is, they'll say. And you may say that, I may say that, and we are stubborn and proud. And then it just gets to this mutually assured destruction of words, and people walk away with very bad feelings, and some say, I'll never talk to you again. I can't stand you. I can't believe you think that way. Uncivil discourse. People are not listening to each other. They're not even willing to say, okay, I know you're of a different persuasion on this point. Can we at least talk? Ask the questions. Perform the Socratic method. Socrates was brilliant at this, always asking the question inviting the conversation, not closing it off. Now, if that's all true in the natural order of things, think about it now elevated in the supernatural order of things. Do I listen to the word of God? I mean, this is not just another opinion. The scripture and the words of Jesus are not just another opinion in the world. It's not on a par with other philosophies or other opinions or other politics. No, this is revealed, okay? And especially his words. And the question is today about listening. Am I listening to the voice, in this case, of the shepherd. So on this Good Sunday, Good Shepherd Sunday, our Lord is telling us, using this beautiful metaphor, of 
his people as a flock of sheep. Now, this is foreign to most of us who live in post-industrial civilizations, but 2,000 years ago, and for farmers, this is quite experiential. They understand what Jesus is saying. The sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. If the shepherd says, come this way, the sheep go this way. If the shepherd says, go that way, they go that way. If the shepherd says, jump off the cliff, they'll do it. Dumb as sheep, we say. Yeah, they'll do anything, the shepherd says. They know the voice of their own shepherd. They won't follow the voice of another shepherd. They know. They have this instinct about that sound. And he's trained them to attend, to listen to him. And they'll do it. I know my sheep and mine know me. There will be one flock, one shepherd, and they all must I lead, and they will hear my voice. So how do I hear the voice of Jesus, the good shepherd? Well, one way is to just open the Bible. I know we're Catholics. We don't do that, right? No, we do that. We've been given 2,000 years of an incredible text of the Gospels. The Old Testament and the New, the completion of Jesus in the Old is now perfected in our faith by this word. And just to open that up, there are a lot of other voices out there, right? Lots of other channels that we attend to with our antenna of our mind and heart, with other media, electronic stuff. It's all out there, so much of it, and it gets so confusing, and all the sound bites, and at the end of the day, you just say, What's true here? What's really going on? And most of it may be going on, and a lot of it's not going on at all. But how do you know? Well, the words of man can be deceptive. But the word of God is never deceptive. This is one thing Jesus cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot deceive, and he cannot be deceived. So that puts the word of God on a totally different basis than any other opinion that's out there. So am I attending to this voice, this channel? Do I have this on my iPhone? Am I attending? Do I, do I wake up and open the scriptures and say, what does Jesus want to say to me today? It's very important that we do that. Very important that we attend. Because if we don't, then we're going to begin to close off Jesus, and then we can't hear his voice. And then we start making choices, and we've all been there, done that, where we've listened to the wrong voices of different shepherds, and it got us into trouble. It made us confused, angry, frustrated. We follow our conscience. We follow the voice of the Lord within us. Someone who has done that beautifully is Nellie Crabb. Nellie is newly received into the Catholic Church at our Easter Vigil this year. She was a candidate for full communion, and we had 14 that were received into full communion at the Easter Vigil this year. I wanted to invite Nellie just to give a five-minute little witness talk about her experience, because I think it illustrates someone who has attended 
has listened to the Lord who called her into full communion. Nellie, welcome and congratulations. Come forward now. Thank you. spoke with Monsignor Watkins about why I decided to become Catholic, I said, because I would like to be in full communion with the Catholic Church. And that was only partly true. I should have added, because I want to give to the church that has helped me deepen my relationship with God. As a child, my parents instilled in me the importance of having a personal relationship with Christ. Each day, we read the Bible, asked questions, and learned how to navigate the world as a Christian. For me, going to church is where I found my inner peace. It is where I felt closest to God and where I spent time completely focused on him. This is why I was so drawn to the Mass. It not only forced me to be completely focused on God, but also pushed me to meditate on him through the prayers scriptures, and the Eucharist. As I continued to attend Mass, I felt a desire inside me to continue to grow my faith. I found myself having deeper conversations with God and about God, spending more time meditating on his word and praying more than I ever had before. My sisters even remarked that they saw a change in me. So when I was presented with the opportunity to join RCIA, I knew it was the next step in my faith journey. Each meeting not only expanded my knowledge of the Catholic Church, but also caused me to self-reflect on my relationship with God. I learned that God has called all of us to be living witnesses to the blessings we receive from him each day. All he asks of us is to show others the way to him. I'm thankful to have found St. Anne's during this time in my life, but even more thankful to have found a welcoming family in the Catholic Church. I'm glad that I will always have a place to worship, no matter where I am in the world. And it doesn't hurt that I know it will be the exact same regardless of where I go. I pray that I continue to grow and learn and give back to the church that has given me so much already. Congratulations and thank you, Nellie. An illustration of someone who attended to the Lord and is doing the will of God as an adult. And that should be an inspiration to us as Catholics. I always found that generally adult converts make really strong Catholics in general, and they can be a great inspiration to us. So thank you, Nellie, and to all that were received into the Catholic Church, and thank you for your service to us and your witness to Christ. Now you can climb every mountain. 